was it was to my benefit, I think. You know, we're all made up from the uh, from the experiences that we've had in our past. And I wouldn't trade those for anything. I mean, it, it may not have been the most ideal, but it was the cards that I was dealt. And, you know, you could make the you could spend your life blaming everybody for the for the problems that you have or the situation that you're in, or you could, you know, so-called take your lemons and make lemonade. I love it. I love it. I love it. How did it feel when you got that med school acceptance letter? Oh, man. So I remember this day particularly. Hey, guys, Dr. Dale here. Really quick before we start this episode, I want to ask you to support our mission by doing one thing. Just subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast channel, whichever one you listen to. Just hit that subscribe button. The way our podcasts get out there is by you guys liking it, by subscribing, and of course by sharing as well. So if you do one of those things for us right now, we really appreciate it. We work very hard to make these episodes for you guys. We work very hard to get them out for you guys and just to try to uplift the entire community. So if you can help us out by doing one of those things, subscribe, share, or like every time. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. What is up, family? I'm Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, the author of Black Men and White Coats, the author of Premium Mondays, the author of A Doctor's Got Self-Publishing, and the author of the Dr. Doc Children series. Make sure you grab the new book, Book 7, just came out. Dr. Doc, Debbie goes to the doctor, and you are listening to the Black Men and White Coast podcast, the place where clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. Super excited about today's guest. Somebody we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while, and I'm super excited just for you guys to hear a story. You're going to love it. An amazing, probably one of the better stories that we've had on this podcast. You're really, really going to love it. But before we jump into that, let me remind all my pre-meds, we are still paying for MCATs, right? We're paying for your MCATs. So go to blackmanandwhitecoats.org backslash MCAT. Very simple. We're paying for MCATs. I just sent some money out a couple of weeks ago, right? But in order to get it, you have to take the time to fill out the form. It'll probably take you five to 10 minutes and we're helping you all pay for your MCATs. Take advantage. The money's in the bank. We want to give it to you and help you along your pre-med journey. All right. Other thing I want to remind everybody is Blackman and White Coast Youth Summits are on and popping. We've got, I think, over 20 summits now that we're planning for across the country coming up over the next year. Just had a phenomenal summit out in Chicago. So um, check out our website and see if we're coming to a city near you. Now, let's get into today's episode. Man, I am so super excited. Um, and I'm not going to do a full intro because it's way too long, too many accolades. And we're going to get into it here in the story. But I'll just, I'll just say this just to start and just to pique your interest. This gentleman definitely did not have the traditional trajectory to medicine. He came to the field of medicine at an age that's later than the majority of us come to the field of medicine. However, before that, he had a very interesting career already. And we'll break that down here in the podcast. Dr. Carl Allenby, how are you? Hey, Dr. Dale, how are you doing? I'm um, so excited to join you here today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I think we sent you a message. I guess it was a couple of years ago. We, we tried to get you on the podcast, but you were just like, you were just everywhere at that time period. You were on like Kelly Clarkson, NPR, um, I think probably Nightly News. You were everywhere a couple of years ago. How was, uh, just, just to get started, how was all that press and publicity while you were, while you were, you know, training in medicine and such, how, how, how did you handle all that press while you were focusing on, you know, your medical career? Well, you know, first and foremost, I, I did have to like, my, my number one priority was to finish residency. 
So uh, there were a lot of opportunities that I had to go, uh, you know, to do public speaking, to go to different parts of the country, to be on different shows that I had to kind of dial back a little bit because I didn't want to affect my residency training. Uh, so there were, uh, despite of all of the things that I did out there that's in media, there were a lot of other opportunities. So I think I handled it pretty well. You know, I do consider myself a, a taskmaster. <laughs> I... Uh, like to make to-do lists and prioritize things and just get things done. So I get a whole lot done in a day. And, uh, you know, I try to use my 24 hours as efficiently as possible every day. So I was able to juggle it. Sometimes it was stressful, you know, leaving work and going to a radio show or, uh, you know, doing another interview for a magazine or, or whatever. Uh, there was always, there were some challenges there, but I worked through it and, uh, you know, it was, and all in all, it was a great experience, and I really enjoyed uh, sharing my message and, uh, you know, being one of the faces of medicine in the African-American community. Nice, nice. As you say that, it's starting to make sense. I'm just going to go ahead and spill the beans and kind of jump to the part that I'm, like, so eager to get to, right? So I believe 19 years old, you started a business. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. I started an automotive business in, in my neighborhood town where I grew up. Uh, okay, so, 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 so for the listeners, okay, this is about to get really cool, really interesting. So we're, we're going we're gonna to dive down into this, all right? So automotive business, and this is what the important part, that's, that was your career. That's what you did before you became a doctor. So you had a full automotive career business before you became a doctor. So what sparked that automotive career interest above medicine even? Why did you pursue that instead of medicine at that time? Yeah, well, initially I started my business mostly out of desperation. You know, I grew up in a pretty poor community, the city of East Cleveland, which is a small suburb of Cleveland uh, here in Ohio. And a uh, really poor community. You know, the schools weren't, weren't so great. You know, the teachers tried their hardest. But as you know, in a lot of impoverished communities, they deal with so much more than just education. Uh, my trajectory throughout school wasn't towards a life in medicine. It was more towards a life of, you know, getting out here, working in a factory job or going to the military, as we uh, commonly had recruit recruiters that came by to try to recruit us into uh, different military services. And I mean, it's it's a great livelihood, but, uh, you know, for some of the grander um, aspirations that you may have, uh, sometimes this education uh, that I received just didn't push us in that direction. So I started this automotive shop, you know, I was working in this job, I was making uh, just barely minimum wage and uh, working a lot of hours, but it was in a parts store. And I had a lot of people who would come by there and they needed things put on their car. And I was, all, I was always mechanically and electrically inclined ever since a young age, my parents tell me. And uh, a lot of things came natural. I did have formal training in, in automotive and I'm a master technician and had been since my early twenties. Uh, but I started the shop, you know, just out of desperation and um, and it grew. I took a chance on myself. Actually, I started this business with a five hundred dollar Sears credit card uh, that I had gotten in the mail at the age of 19. And I went out and, and bought uh, as many tools as I could with that five hundred bucks. And there was a gentleman across the street who used to see me working out in a parking lot, fixing cars, sometimes in the dead of winter. And he offered to uh, rip me a spot in the shop. So I did that. And that was the beginning of Allenby's Auto Service. And who would have known that 25 years later, I had two automotive businesses, used car businesses, a finance department, and even dabbled in some real estate as well. Um, wow. 
So, so you're 19 years old, you get a Sears credit card and you don't have, I mean, you don't probably don't have much else to your name. You say, I'm going to take a risk and bet on myself. I'm going to spend the credit card to start an automotive business because that's what I know how to do. And I have to do something to get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. And with that also, I would go to school at night. So our local community college, Cuyahoga Community College had automotive courses. So um, I'd work on cars during the day and go to school at nights. And I kept that up for several years and just continued to grow the business. And it was really successful. I I employed a lot of people in the neighborhood and uh, had over 3000 regular customers and uh, fixed a lot of cars and, and did everything all the way from Maseratis to to Hugo's, if you remember those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Then. As a child, you know, you mentioned your parents said that you were always kind of mechanically inclined. As a child, what things were you interested in? What was it? Was it really the automotive stuff, or did you have an inkling of the sciences at all as a child? So, I like how things, I, I like to find out how things work. You know, I would take apart radios or or whatever, most of the time I'd break it and uh, get yelled at <laughs> by my parents. <laughs> but I was always intrigued in how things work. And even at a young age, I was intrigued in medicine. I could remember, you know, um, going to a doctor and, and seeing them and just being impressed uh, by their knowledge, uh, by their ability to, to care for you and to try to heal you. Uh, so that was also an intrigue when I was younger too. Uh, but as I said, you know, I kind of, I thought I was going to be a doctor when I was young. You know, I had that dream. I had many dreams as a lot of kids do, uh, but that kind of got snuffed out through the educational process and uh, just the lack of opportunities that, that I had when I was growing up. Um, yeah. So what, what kind of, what kind of student were you academically? Were you, were you the kid who was getting straight A's or were you the kid? I know you mentioned that, um, you know, teachers tried, but they might not have been the best. Were you the kid that was getting straight A's and enjoyed school? Or you the kid who was kind of like, ah, I just need to, I just need to get out of here so I can go break a radio. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, in school you get teased for being the smart kid in some of these uh, some of these environments. And uh, I always felt like I was more I was more capable than what I was putting out. So, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely didn't try my, my hardest in school. I, I got a lot of poor grades, uh, not because I wasn't smart, but because I just didn't apply myself or or I just looked at, you know, being, uh, being seen as, as a guy who achieved straight A's sometimes could get you chased home and beaten up by uh, other folks who, um, who may not find that as being, you know, the important thing in their lives. Uh, so yeah, I did pretty poorly in school all through high school. I graduated in the 50th percentile of my class with probably around a 2.0 GPA. Uh, so it was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> wow. It's pretty bad. You know, it's not, not that that's a good thing, but, you know, one of the great reasons I love this podcast is when, when other kids hear those stories, they, you know, they know what they can become, right? They have no excuse not to be able to make it now. So seeing all the things that you've accomplished in your life, you can say, hey, this is what I've done. I, I wasn't the best student, but look what I've, look, look what I've become, look what I've done, right? So everybody has that role model in you now, you know? Yeah, and I see a brilliance in, in every kid that I meet. I think that that almost every child, this um, you know, despite the barriers they, that they may have, are just intuitively smart and can, um, in their own ways, that they could succeed in some avenue in their life in some way. And maybe not everybody's meant to be a doctor or, or a lawyer, or, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's a lot of admiration in people who could fix things. 
you know, electricians and mechanics and uh, people who start small businesses. So, you know, um, you're, you're capable of more than probably than what you know. Nice, nice. So let's fast forward back to the mechanics part. I was just really curious to see how the, where the, the, the interest in medicine and everything leans in. So fast forward back to the mechanics part. So, you know, you, you become a master, um, master technician. Yes. Master technician and, and you're kind of focusing on on your mechanics career. Tell me, what were some of the the challenges and things you learned from being a mechanic that you can now apply to your career as an emergency medicine position? We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Dr. Daniel here. Just to remind you to register for the virtual mentoring lunch. It's going to take place August the 6th at 12 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have doctors and healthcare professionals from all across the country. And we're going to be pouring into the pre-medical students, the youth, the parents, um, educators. Everybody's invited. Uh, so the whole community is going to be there. Um, so make sure you show up. The link for registration is going to be below. Come with questions and get ready to network. We're going to get you right for the new school year. All right. Y'all have a blessed day. What were some of the, the challenges and things you learned from being a mechanic that you can now apply to your career as an emergency medicine physician? Well, a lot of the automotive technology, you know, and the concepts of uh, diagnostics, uh, listening to your, your customer the same way that I listen to patients now is a very important key to uh, forming a diagnosis and getting an idea of what's going on. Uh, so that uh, very important part of listening first and using your diagnostic skills in order to exclude or include different things and uh, formulating a plan of how you're going to go after uh, testing whatever problem a person may have. A lot of those dynamics are the same in the automotive field. Uh, customer relations, you know, public relations, uh, just getting along with people is a, is a very important uh, concept. You know, I had multiple employees, so I had to learn how to navigate between a lot of different um, uh, personalities, which you see in hospitals right now. So, uh, so there's a lot of things that my automotive career had prepared me for. And I had been a diagnostician for a long time. You know, I fixed up a lot of electrical things and did a lot of engine performance uh, problems. Uh, and with that, you need to uh, learn diagnostics. You need to learn how to troubleshoot. And as I said, eliminate or include different things in your differential diagnosis. And then you do the relevant tests for those and come up with a solution. Uh, so a lot of those things have helped me just so much. I mean, so tremendously. Uh, I reflect all the time on different lessons I've learned in my automotive shop that I still apply to, to today. And it's, it's been a fantastic transition, and I think an easier transition, because I've had that experience prior. That's really fascinating. I should have thought about that. It didn't even occur to me, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, right, you know, automotives, you're doing a lot of diagnostics on the vehicles and such. And it makes perfect sense how it might, it might make your transition a little bit easier. Yeah, so, and some of those nuanced things, too. You know, like, it's important when somebody will come in and tell me what's going on with their car, and I'm like, oh, does that happen? Break in or accelerate. How about when you make it left, make it right, when you get off the highway, when you first start it up in the morning? I mean, all of those things are important that maybe the layperson doesn't realize, but I'm going through different scenarios in my head. And you probably experience the same thing when you're when you're talking to your patients uh, based on the information that they give you. You're, you're forming a plan from that. What's more difficult to diagnose the car problem or a human problem? I, I mean... <laughs> Humans don't have a lot of answers for the problems that they have. 
<laughs> you know, that's some that's things are point. just, yeah, some things are just, I don't know. It's a know, virus. Like, I always say it's a virus. It'll get better. <laughs> yeah, viral syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with cars, you know, usually you can get to a diagnostic solution. So I would say cars are a little bit easier. Uh, sometimes just, you know, dealing with people day by day, that, that could be a little bit tougher because you have to, you know, all, all of your patients are going to be, uh, are, are going to be different. They're going to have different expectations for you. Definitely, definitely. So what was the, what was the transition point that led you to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do this, this, this medicine thing? So I was in business. It was probably around the 20 year mark, somewhere around there. And I wanted to grow my business larger. You know, I was thinking of, you know, Allenby's Auto or my second shop's name, Advanced Auto Care Worldwide or something. You know, and here's our oh, okay. <laughs> universal. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I thought of growing this business or maybe even going into corporate America or something. So I went back to school. I had never had a an advanced degree in, in anything. I just had my automotive training and some uh, management courses that I took here and there. Uh, but I decided to go back and get a formal education because I knew that there were foundational, uh, there was a foundational knowledge that I needed that's applicable to uh, probably almost any business. And to have those those rules and that understanding uh, could help you grow your business larger. So that was my let me, plan. Let me, let me ask now, do, do you have a family? I do. Yeah. I have a wife and four children. So you were doing all that with a family. Yeah. Running the business, going to school and having a family. Yeah. Lots of juggling. I'm a master juggler. Yeah. Uh, yeah wow. So anyway, I, I got to this point and I, I said, you know, I, I'm, I talked with my wife and said, you know, I've always thought about getting a degree in something and I'm going to go after a business degree. So I enrolled in a local college here, Ursuline College. Uh, which had an adult accelerated program. So I was able to, once again, go to school at nights, uh, work all day, and um, after four years, earn a degree. Um, now, I was supposed to take a biology class in the first semester. It was like biology 101 uh, for dummies or something. <laughs> it was actually called uh, birth to agent. And I figured I was in this, in business school, you know, what do I need? A biology uh, class for. So I put this class off and, you know, made every excuse not to take it and figured at the end, I could probably get out of it. Um, but when I was auditing all my courses and preparing for graduation, I said, you know, Carl, there's this one class you haven't taken and you have to have it. And it was that biology class. So it was my second to last class that I took. And the first day that I walked in class, I absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, just the info, it was taught by a, a resident physician uh, at the Cleveland Clinic at the time. And um, he was just so, you could see the passion that he had for medicine and the breadth of knowledge that he had, and that he was only sharing a small fraction of that knowledge with me. And me wanting to know how everything works. Uh, you know, I, I'm like, I need more of this. And I remember after that first class, I went back, I came back home and I told my wife, you know, I'm thinking about doing something in medicine. I don't know if it's going to be nursing or physician assistants or, or, uh, you know, a doctor was kind of far-fetched. Had you had those conversations with your wife prior? Like, had you guys along the journey been talking about, eh, maybe, maybe medicine or was that just, you kind of forgot about that? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, she's in medicine. She's a physical therapist. Okay. So we would always talk about stuff. And most of the things went over my head because I didn't know exactly what she was 
uh, describing at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she knew that all the, all the problems that I faced in business, you know, with making payroll, dealing with overhead, customers, advertising, promotion. I mean, there was just so much that I dealt with on a daily basis and mm-hmm. hardly ever took a break from the business, hardly ever went on a vacation. Uh, and she knew just all of the struggles that I was having in business and that I was looking for a change to either grow the business or to do something different. And when I had this idea and this intrigue in medicine and these thoughts back to my childhood that, yeah, at one point I did want to become a doctor. That was a passion of mine. That was a dream. And I, and I kind of lost that along the way. And so when I came home and I, and I told her all about it and everything, she took a deep breath and, <laughs> and said, well, let's just see where it goes. Uh, so I went back to the community college that I went to for my automotive training and started taking pre-med classes just to see where it would lead me. And I did phenomenal. Uh, you know, I really applied myself this time. I got straight A's in everything that I did. Um, do, you think, do you think your real world experience helped you do better in college and probably med school? Do you think that, you know, having owned a business, dealt with people, do you think that helped you significantly with your academics? That and also the fact that I had gotten over of, uh, you know, caring what other people thought, uh, you know, and, and I didn't have that threat anymore. And I was in a mature environment. Uh, so I could really shine. There. So all throughout Ursuline College with my business degree, I, I, I think I got one B in economics or something. I tell, me, tell, but I, tell, tell me a little bit more about that, you getting over caring what other people thought. Tell, tell, kind of just detail that more, because I think that's probably a really important point. I know it kind of goes back to what you said as a child and not wanting to be teased, but detail that a little bit more for the for maybe the younger individuals who are listening to that, because I think that's really important. It is important. You know, a lot of times as a, as a child, and I deal with this with my own children, you know, the things that they find important, uh, you know, you may feel that they're trivial, but to them, it's, it's what they have. It's what they're dealing with. They're dealing with friends, with peer pressure, with being teased, with, you know, trying to fit in, um, trying to feel like you belong in some sort of group or, um, you know, and all of that could get in the way of education sometimes. Uh, that along with just being poor, with not having the most fashionable designer wear on or, or just wearing clothes that are raggedy and being teased about that. You know, you come to school with all of this baggage. And the last thing that you're really thinking about is learning. And you're not really thinking about what your education is leading to in the future until you get to that future and, and you're lacking some of the important skills that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's some, when I got to the college level, or even when I was uh, taking my automotive courses, you know, I was there with a bunch of mature individuals who really wanted to learn, who were there for a career. They were there by, by their choice, not because they were made to go to school. They, they signed up for it. And, uh, and going at nights, I was with a much more mature audience there. Um, so I was able to really just hone in and focus on myself and focus on getting better at the things that I wanted to be better with. And that really was the, was the turning point of my educational success. And, you know, one of the reasons why I graduated summa cum laude from Ursuline College and then went on to receive a, another degree in health sciences and graduated oh, wow. summa cum laude there with, with straight A's through my pre-medical education. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was to my benefit, I think. You know, we're all made up from the, uh, from the experiences that we've had in our past. And I wouldn't trade those for anything. I mean, it, it may not have been the most ideal, but it was the cards that I was dealt. And, you know, you could make the, you could spend your life 
blaming everybody for the for the problems that you have or the situation that you're in, or you could, you know, so-called take your lemons and make lemonade. I love it. I love it. I love it. How did it feel when you got that med school acceptance letter? Oh man. Ooh. I want them bad like a daddy, yeah. Oh, let do it like flagger, yeah. I'm kicking flame with no saga, yeah. Hey, I like them blues. I might go Janet like Jackson. I got the margin, yeah. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, if you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Black men, white yeah. coats, here we up right now.